Wait, Wendy's dropped the mixtape? We beefing? Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. Welcome to episode number 24 of WTF, Where's the Food? My name is Nick. Thank you guys for joining. I would not be here without you each and every week. This is the big episode number 24. And I just want to say before we jump into episode number 24, of course, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Also, got an amazing website as well, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. You can listen and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify. So if you listen to us, if you love Spotify, you can listen to us now on Spotify. Just search WTF, Where's the Food? And of course, let's not forget, if you don't want to do any of that, you just prefer to listen to us on the website. You can listen to full episodes of WTF Worst Food right now on thefoodie.com. And on another note, before we jump into episode number 24, WTF Worst Food is taking a summer vacation, a summer break, however you want to say it, sometime in May. Haven't figured out the date, but I'll let you know. I'm going to take a small summer break, and then we'll be back for, I'm going to go ahead and call it season two of WTF Worst Food. So, Let's jump into episode number 24. Let's run it down. Going to be joined by Katie Caulfield from Foodie Tribe. She's the founder and chief, you know, chief of the Foodie Tribe. You get it? She's the founder, basically, of Foodie Tribe. I'm going to get her story and how she created Foodie Tribe, kind of like what is the process if you were to sign up. Like, what does she look for in the application process to become part of this Foodie Tribe? And if you're wondering what is Foodie Tribe, some of you listening might be members. Well, if you don't, I will let you know all about it and what advantages you might have as a member of the Foodie Tribe. Plus, I got food news. Uh, Wendy's dropped a mixtape, people. It's epic. It's not as crappy as you might think. And of course, we got food news as always on Taco Bell, Outback Steakhouse, and Red Lobster is about to change the brunch game and of course the food porn of the week this week coming to us from at stick a fork in me make sure you give her a follow at stick a fork in me and of course the cocktail of the week brought to you each and every week by my friends over at spirited miami so let's kick off episode number 24 and jump straight into my conversation with katie from foodie tribe Hey, Katie, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So you are the founder of um, Foodie Tribe, and we'll get to Foodie Tribe in a second. But before we talk about Foodie Tribe, tell me and the listeners a little bit about you. Definitely. So a little bit about me. I won't bore you too much with all the details. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I mean people, people but, are interested. <laughs> but uh, pretty much my, my background and where my passion lies has always been with food. I've been a food addict since I can... Who knows? Probably since I started eating solids at six months old. Okay. Um, so I've always had a serious passion for food. I've always worked in agency life. That's always where I um, so you got were, really excited. So you were like the PR before? PR agency, okay. advertising agency, helping other people promote their brands. That's always been something that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already started getting a lot of experience helping people advertise their brands in the food and beverage industry. So working with brands like PepsiCo, um, some people might know Winn-Dixie, our local grocery store nah, over here. No. What's, what's Winn-Dixie? Um, and then, you know, working on some other cool projects. But my background is agency life. So then you, when you, because you started, you got into the whole food blogging thing for a minute. 
And when you started that, were you uh, a PR rep? Like, uh, I call you yes. PR rep. I don't know why, but you were part of an agency. Yes. So I actually, I started Rando Miami, uh, I guess, about nine or 10 years ago. Just recently sunsetted the blog. It was getting to be too too much to keep up with. Couldn't eat out every day. <laughs> um, but I started the blog when I went to the University of Miami as part of a class credit. Okay. And so that blog turned into, I guess you could say, gave birth to Foodie Tribe. And so, so this class, you had to basically create a blog? I had to create a blog on whatever I wanted to create. Whatever you want. Whatever it was. Seems like an amazing class. Yeah, wasn't bad. So that's how kind of, I mean, your, your love for food, but that's how you kind of got thrown into this whole food blogging situation mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Yes. So now that you don't got the food blog anymore, when you did have it, did you enjoy it? When I was out eating? I day? mean, okay, but okay, <laughs> so people don't know. It's more than going out to eat right. because- um, we're at the restaurant and, you know, you take notes on how something mm-hmm. tastes or whatever. And then you got to write about it. Yes. So it's it's not only just going out to eat, but the, the after process Correct. of it. Um, I, honestly, I really did enjoy it. I um, Random Miami didn't really start that way. It was more of a photo blog documenting the random stuff that only happens here in Miami, hence okay. the name. Um, and then people started inviting me out to the restaurants to eat and, and write up some blog posts. Um, and I did. I really enjoyed it. And the big, the I think the biggest aspect that I really enjoyed was helping local restaurants that needed like a little bit of an extra push. Maybe didn't have the big budget to work with a large mm-hmm. advertising agency, and uh, wanted to work with at that that point. I guess we were called bloggers. I mean, we people still consider. Blogging. I like the word influencer better now. People are influencers, and now I heard the other day, and I could not believe my ears. Uh, they call someone who just has an Instagram account a microblog. A micro blogger, yeah, yeah. You took from you took what you learned, kind of from the food blogging thing, and you decided to start Foodie Tribe. Mm-hmm. Now, for people listening that might never know or don't know what Foodie Tribe is, kind of explain what Foodie Tribe is. So, Foodie Tribe is the marriage between that agency and advertising life and the influencer world. I'm the liaison between the brands and the agencies that want to work with the foodies um, that are solely focused on promoting either food and or beverage um, related products so in a sense you're kind of like an agency would you say correct i run as an agency okay and when, when did you start foodie tribe um about three years ago how'd you decide to come up with this idea um one so i it was one really late night at my job where i was kind of you know like i guess some of us over we get frustrated over yeah okay. we were over it uh-huh. and um i started brainstorming with a co-worker of mine and foodie tribe was essentially born at like seven o'clock on a random tuesday night where I decided to build a community of uh, the foodie influencers in Miami, um, opened up this whole application process. And within, I guess, two or three weeks, I started getting applications of foodies that wanted to join the tribe beyond Miami. And you were, were you like the only one that came up with the idea or it was like a group of you or? It was myself and a coworker. And a coworker. Time. Is the coworker yeah. involved in Foodie Tribe? Not really, but he is the guy that I always go to whenever I need some extra brain power. <laughs> <laughs> so did he think you were crazy when you had this idea? No, he was totally up for it. He really thought it was a really great idea and that there was um, a need for it in the market. So you came up with the idea and how long before you kind of came up with the idea before you actually start the website or put up the website Mm -hmm. and started taking applications? I would say that the idea came to be in December, January 29th. I officially launched, um, started the application process, and we were already helping South Beach Wine and Food Festival that year in February. That's amazing. When you brought this idea to life, you came to life. How did you? How did people even know to sign up? Like, where? How? How did people spread the mm-hmm. word? So I have all of the marketing that I've done thus far has been purely Instagram 
um, pushing people to the website. And then when a foodie joins the tribe, I give them a badge that tells them they're a proud member of foodie tribe. They'll place the badge on their Instagram and then mention in their bio that they're part of the tribe. And that's essentially how like the circle and word of mouth um, started progressing. So people kind of see like foodie tribe and they're like, what's that? And they kind of start digging and come across your website. Did you would you say that when you first started it was successful in your eyes like instantly or it took a couple months to get there? I think it it was it moved a lot faster than I expected. Okay. I thought it was going to be just um I guess like a fun little hobby to have as part of like, like a random Miami thing, mm-hmm. right? Um and quickly brands started coming to me, restaurants started coming to me that they were overwhelmed, didn't really know who to reach out to as far as influencers and bloggers went and they needed help. Do you remember how many members you kinda had your first month or like I don't know, like first three months? Like um, or do what was the number that you wanted to have and what was the number you did actually have? If you remember. Um, well right now we are over fifteen hundred approved foodies. I would say that in the first couple of months we added like 500 foodies to the mix. Um, since then, the criteria has gotten a little bit more, we've become a little bit more selective because of the brands that we're bringing on. So we're not as accepting as much as the, you know, I guess like the demand that's coming in. You just said that you're being more selective. So mm-hmm. anybody can try though. Mm-hmm. And how long before they try and they kind of get accepted? So I usually like to go through applications and I'm the one, even though I have a team of people that help me with different projects, I am the sole person. That, so, you approve, so if you so don't get approved, so if you, see you Katie can get on mad the street, at me. Slider, slider, a hundo, and she'll prove yeah. you real quick. Um, so it's, it, it's kind of gotten a little bit, like I said, just a little bit more selective just because it's, we've gotten such a crazy influx. So I try to look through applications on a weekly basis. Okay. Um, if you're accepted, you receive an email from me, a personal email with the badge and information on how you'll start receiving campaigns. Um, and then there is a note on the website that says if you don't re- if we don't reach out to you within two weeks, then unfortunately you weren't accepted this round. So what's kind of, what is something you look for in looking at these applications that kind of like, I would say, say yes or no, in a sense like mm-hmm. accepted or not accepted? So I think one of the biggest things for me, if we like think back to like old journalist, uh, journalistic type of days where you would open up a newspaper or a magazine, if I'm not immediately enticed by the content that you have on the page, imagery is huge for our business, um, then more than likely you're not going to be accepted. One of the biggest things that I look at is if I feel like I can't repost you on our Instagram page, then more than likely I'm not going to be able to move forward with your application. So do you look more for Instagram or do they have to have a blog? Like kind of how, how does it work? The, I would say the two biggest things that I look at just because the brands that are coming to us, what they want to work on is Instagram and Mm -hmm. blog and like recipe development. Um, Then we look at, you know, Facebook pages, Pinterest. If you have a YouTube, that's great as well. Um, But our biggest form, I guess, of campaign management right now sits on Instagram and websites. Do follower numbers matter as much anymore? I look at engagement. Engagement. Um, Doesn't matter how many followers they no, have. No, I actually really don't look at the followers. Okay. Um, I've received a lot of applications from people that have 25,000 and above, and then their engagement is like a 1%, and that's really terrible for me because I can't put you in front of a brand and then have the brand wonder why they paid X amount and only received a 1% engagement on your content. So let's just say I sign up, I'm accepted. How, f- how, how long before I get my first partnership or deal, whatever? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I send them out um, as they come. For example, there could be a week where we close a whole bunch of partnerships and I'm sending out an email a day, Monday through Friday. Then there may be another week that it's just one uh, campaign that I'm sending out. Um, and then the way that it works is that you submit an RSVP saying that you're interested in working on the campaign. You can fulfill whatever, whatever objectives it is that we've set forth. And then from there, there's an additional kind of application process where the team needs to go back and review and ensure that you are the right fit for the brand and the project. So even though you're interested, you might not get the, the partnership, I would say, because you just don't fit what they're looking for, what the client's looking for. Correct. It's not even you. Mm-hmm. It's what the client's looking for. Mm-hmm. What are some of the companies you guys have kind of worked with in mm-hmm. the past or brands? So I would say this year we've taken um, a lot a lot of CPG brands in, which is really exciting. Um, I just actually, before coming um, here to speak with you, I sent out an email for Faya Yogurt. So we're really excited about that. That's going to be a full-on recipe development campaign where the, the client's looking for new recipes to promote their um, Faya Yogurt Total Plain um, product. Then we have another like snacking company called Highland Farm Foods, which that was a really fun campaign that we just completed. We've worked, we have a partnership with Red Lobster. Um, so most of the brands that we work with either sit in the restaurant space mm-hmm. or in the CPG space. Like, so like, is there like a company that you saw that they were kind of doing the same thing in a sense, mm-hmm. but you thought you, ha- you, you have a better idea and you mm-hmm. just want to take it to that next level? Is there a company that you kind of, to be honest, I don't know if it's that I like to sit in my my bubble. <laughs> I know that, um, you know, I think the the biggest thing that we have is is partnering with agencies like the agencies that I used to work with, because those are the folks that are trying to do this influencer marketing thing on their own. To be completely honest, there aren't a lot of companies that run as an agency that focus on influencer marketing just in food and beverage. Mm-hmm. There are apps um, out there that you know you can sign up and receive campaigns but foodie tribe will never work or operate in that way i like the human touch and human feeling of yeah it makes it seem like you're actually in I a care. sense you have an agent mm-hmm. for your account exactly in, in a that's way. exactly how i operate how do you think you could take foodie tribe to the next level i really want to i'm i'm working really hard to push foodie tribe international so we have the 1500 foodies that we have um mm-hmm. live all over the globe um, one of, I think, the, my biggest things for this year is to secure a partnership with a brand out in Australia and New Zealand okay. because I have a really big community there that I'd like to be able to activate. And um, I'm already kind of starting in that way. We are working on a campaign with a Canadian um, uh, pizza line called Panago Pizza. So I think this year it's just going to be a lot of focus on pushing beyond the U.S. And you've taken on Foodie Tribe full time, right? full time don't mean to get in your personal space but you've kind of got it into the workout game on instagram yeah. <laughs> well, how come that like yeah. just a, i mean i know they go hand in hand mm-hmm. in a sense so i there's no way that i could have eaten like i did over the past 10 years <laughs> and still weigh relatively a decent weight um no i've always i've been doing crossfit for i guess probably like seven or eight years um then i got pregnant with my first son and also continued crossfit and working with a personal trainer and then when I started working from home, it was the perfect excuse to be able to blend um, like my work from home business and continue to stay healthy. So I know you're not doing the food blog anymore, but what are some of your favorite uh, Miami restaurants? Um, could be I mean, current, could be old. I mean, classics. I would say. Like if you had to pick, like let's say you have a sitter tonight, yeah. date night, where do you go? Swine. Swine? Yeah. Okay. Or, or the local. Or the local. So yeah. you stay you stay in the Coral yeah. uh, Gables area. You yeah. don't You don't venture out? I do, I do, but since now I have uh, a little munchkin at home, it's a little bit harder, and if you don't have a high chair and I'm bringing him, it's going to be a problem. 
Um, but I definitely would go to Swine, I think. And where do you see Foodie Tribe in the next maybe five, ten years? I see Foodie Tribe definitely n- me not working from home anymore. Okay. I, I see, having an office. Yeah, I see myself having an office, definitely with Ocean View. That's the goal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and being able to to actually support a, a team full time. Do you have a member goal that is like when you hit this, then you know you hit a milestone with Foodie Tribe? Um, I would say having maybe like 5,000 quality um, influencers would be my goal. Um, I'm, I'm much more of the mentality in this business that it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with pairing people with multiple campaigns as long as they produce stellar content. Katie, thank you for coming on the show. Um, tell people how they can sign up if they're interested mm-hmm. and if they think <laughs> they have the qualifications. Yes, so you can go to www.foodietribe.com and you'll go ahead and click on Join the Tribe. And they can follow Foodie Tribe on Instagram, right? Yes, follow us on Foodie Tribe um, and drop us a note. Big shout out and big thank you to Katie Caulfield from Foodie Tribe for coming on the show. Truly appreciate it. If you're not a member of the Foodie Tribe, and I'm going to admit right now, I am not a member yet, but I will sign up. Make sure you check her out at Foodie Tribe and uh, sign up if, if you think you qualify, if you think you can make it and become part of the tribe. Now, what do you say? Let's jump into some food news. Now, the perfect summer drink is here. Captain Morgan has created a new watermelon smash drink. Now, the drink blends Caribbean rum with the sweet and juicy flavor of a watermelon. Now, it basically tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Not only does it taste like this watermelon Jolly Rancher, but it looks like a giant watermelon. You can get this for yourself, and it's perfect for the summer. It's available right now for $15.99. It is the Watermelon Smash from Captain Morgan. Now, Taco Bell has announced they will be releasing hot sauce-flavored tortilla chips. Now, these new chips will be available in grocery and convenience stores nationwide come May. They will come in uh, three flavors, classic, mild, and fire. Now, the classic are basically just plain salted tortilla chips. The mild are seasoned with three chili pepper flavors and cumin. And the fire have jalapeno, chili peppers, and a paprika seasoning. So, let's see if uh, Taco Bell can crush it in the chip game. As well. Now, Outback Steakhouse is celebrating March Madness by giving the Bloomin' Onion a makeover. They call it the Three Point Rib Bloon. Now, basically, it's a classic Bloomin' Onion topped with Aussie cheese fries, then barbecue ribs on top of all of this. You can order this amazingness right now at any participating Outback location for a limited time. Now, Wendy's just crushed it, outdid themselves. They dropped a mixtape. That's right, a mixtape. Now, the mixtape is called We Beefin'. We Beef In. And you can listen to it right now on Apple Music or Spotify. And tracks on this mixtape include Twitter Fingers, Rest in Grease, 444, and more. And listen, when you hear this, it's not a joke at all. Like, there's serious production that went into this uh, mixtape. you got to check it out for yourself. It's available on Apple Music and Spotify, and it's called We Beefin'. Now, Red Lobster is taking a brunch classic that we all know and love and turning it into something pretty amazing. They are introducing a crispy lobster and waffles dish that turns the Cheddar Bay biscuits that we love into a waffle. Game over. And then they top it with a fried main lobster tail drizzled with maple syrup. I'm out of here. This is only for a limited time, and it's going to cost you $19.99, but it's well worth the price. So make sure you check out Red Lobster. 
And if you love the smell of cheese and bacon in the morning, well, now Einstein Bros have launched a set of shampoo and conditioner that will leave your hair smelling like food all day. They released a cheesy shampoo and a bacon conditioner. Now, these were released to promote one of their new breakfast sandwiches, and they come in a set and available for $9.99 in limited qualities, and you can get them at Einstein Bros, uh, their online store. Now, McDonald's in Australia is changing the burger game out there because they have released a Wagyu beef burger. Now, the burger is made with 100% Australian Wagyu beef. The burger comes with bacon, caramelized onions, lettuce, classic cheese, and McDonald's tangy sauce. So if you live in Australia, go out, try this burger, tag me on the photo because I would love to see it. And, and let me know your thoughts on it. We'll love that. And that's all the food news for this week. Now, let's jump into the food porn of the week this week. Coming to us from at stick a fork in me, at stick a fork in me, and she posted a mac and cheese from Boca's house. If you've never been to Boca's house, you might know them from the, the big milkshakes, the really great milkshakes they put out. Well, they also have great food as well and great steaks. Well, stick a fork in me, she posted the mac and cheese, and it's a crazy cheese pool. It's like what cheese pool dreams are made of. It looks amazing. It is amazing. It contains yellow peppers, bacon, and crunchy onions. It is epic. You got to see this photo for yourself. I just posted it on the Instagram at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. A big thank you to at Stick a Fork and Me for the food porn of the week. Make sure you give her a follow as well. And if you see some food porn that you think I should highlight each and every week, make sure to tag me at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E, and we'll sure to get it on next week's episode. And now the cocktail of the week brought to you by my friends over at Spirited Miami. Make sure you give them a follow for all your cocktail needs. And this week, it is called The Plot Twist. The cocktail. It is called The Plot Twist. And it comes to us from Charcoal Garden Bar and Grill. It contains gin, hibiscus, lemon, rose water, and an IPA float. Charcoal is located inside the Wynwood Yard. If you've never been, the place is amazing. And the cocktails are just as amazing as the food. You got to check it out. This drink looks so refreshing. Perfect for the summer. You know, summertime, right around the corner, even though we're feeling like summer in Miami already. You got to check it out for yourself. I just posted the photo on Instagram at the foodie as well. And make sure you check out Charcoal Garden Bar and Grill in the Wynwood Yard in the Wynwood area if you're in Miami. And big thank you to Spirited Miami for posting the cocktail. Make sure you give them a follow at Spirited Miami. And that's going to wrap up episode number 24. Thank you guys for listening week in and week out. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. You can subscribe and download to WTF Words of Food wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And like I said earlier, now available on Spotify if, you know, that's not your thing. You prefer to listen to us on the website. It's available there for you too. Thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Episode recaps plus full episodes on thefoodie.com. You can follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and of course the very important Instagram, at thefoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Thank you guys again for listening to WTF, Where's the Food? My name is Nick, and always remember to hashtag never stop eating.